Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want to preach this morning. You ready? Let's open our Bibles. I want to share something that, that God has been stirring on my heart. And, uh, and we're going to preach. I'm going to preach all day today. Um, and I want to encourage you. We're going to pray tonight at the 6 p.m. I feel that, that God wants us to pray for people and lay hands on people. And, uh, and I believe that God wants to unlock or unleash something in our church today. We're in a season. I feel like God does things. He's always done things throughout Scripture. God does things in seasons. And, and creation, He did. There were seasons. And, and our calendar has seasons. And, and every, day, every day had a purpose. When God did creation, He did what He wanted to do on day one. That set Him up for day two. And, uh, and he, works, he works in seasons. And, and I feel like we're in a season as a church right now. And, uh, and, and it's exciting. And, and I believe that we're, we're about to step into to a greater outpouring um, of the presence of God. And, uh, and I think it's something that is so needed across all churches, um, across the church at large. And the church of Jesus Christ is an outpouring of God's presence. Um, and, uh, and it's a powerful, powerful thing. And, and so we want to, uh, I want to actually preach um, from a story um, that I want to pick up in 1 Kings 19, and then, and then we're going to go over to 2 Kings for a little bit. And, and, uh, but I'm going to preach from this story all day, just, just different things. Um, but, uh, so I want to encourage you, if you can, come back uh, at the 6 o'clock. We're going to pray for people. But uh, I want to just read this to you. It's uh, 1 Kings 19, 1 Kings 19, and we're going to go from verse 19. Verse 19, this is directly after, for sake of time, I won't go through it all, but directly after God has given instruction to the prophet Elijah, and he commands the prophet Elijah. This is after Elijah um, flees. We know Elijah throughout the Bible, and he was a powerful prophet, and, and he fled from, from, from Jezebel and, and had this moment, a, a, a real moment of, of freak out, really. And, uh, and he's, he's freaking out. And the Lord shows up to him and gives him some direction, gives him some strategy. And one of the things he says to him is uh, prior to this, where well, we're going to pick it up, but prior to this, he says, I want you to go and I want you to, I want you to anoint Elisha as the prophet in your place. And it says in verse 19, so Elijah, also he departed from there. And found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Look back again for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. And if you skip all the way through to 2 Kings, what happens is that was, this, that was the moment where, where Elijah, as we just read, Elijah threw his mantle. The mantle was, was a cloak that represented a prophet and represented, it was a representation of the anointing. And he sees Elisha and, and Elisha is in the field and he throws it on Elisha and, and he keeps going. And Elisha runs after 
Elijah. And then further down, he stays with him. It's a period of a few years, six or seven years, and he stays with him. And it comes right through to 2 Kings where we see just moments before Elijah is taken up to heaven. And I want to sort of read this. There's quite a bit here, but I want you to really understand what's going on here. It says, Then Elijah said to Elisha, they went to a place called Gilgal. And he says, Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. Or Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophet who was at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from you today? So he answered, yes, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, took off his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you? Before I am taken away from you, Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, I am shall, if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on the walk that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He also took up a mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water. And he said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it was divided This way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. I know it's a lot of, I know it's a lot of scripture and it's a lot of reading, but it's so important because there's so much in this that I think we can catch and apply to our life and apply to what I believe we're going to step into as a church. Not as a church, just corporately, but I believe for us as individuals and for you, for your life. When we talk about this double portion anointing, you have to understand when they talked about a double portion, they were talking about the birthright of the firstborn. When he asked for a double portion, he wasn't just asking for double of what Elijah carried. He was actually asking, he was, when he asked for a double portion, he was in a sense putting himself in the position of what a firstborn son was entitled to. And why is that important for us? Because it's important for us, just like the lyrics of that song we just sang about. We said, I am a child of God. 
I am a child of God. So when I start talking and we start preaching about a double portion anointing, we know a double portion means it's like a double shot. You ever gone to Starbucks and ever had those mornings where you need a double shot? You know what I mean? Come on, some of you went just back to your pre-salvation days. Come on, we're talking about Starbucks double shot. You need a, you need a double down. You know those, those mornings where you wake up and you need, a, you need a double down. Some of you ask if you're like me, if I go to Starbucks ever, if the enemy directs me there to Starbucks, I, I, I have a quad, a quad shot. How many quad shot people, you know what I'm talking about? They're the ones that put their hand up real quick this morning because you've already had a few. But when we're talking about a double portion, we're talking about more. We're talking about a double portion speaks of, of an overflow. A double portion speaks of more than you can, more than you would normally have. A double portion speaks of greatness. A double portion speaks of increase in your life. And when he spoke to Elijah and said, I want a double portion, what he was doing was he wasn't just saying, I want a lot. He was putting himself in the position and stepping into the position of what a firstborn son would be entitled to. So much so that Elijah's response is one of shock. Elijah, you can see, it's almost like Elijah didn't expect that. It's almost like Elijah says, okay, okay. That's this, he's, cause he says, you ask, you ask a big thing. But what I want you to understand this morning is when you get a revelation and an understanding of who you are as a child of God, you understand that a double portion for your life is not just an added extra, but a double portion for your life as a son or daughter is a right that you are entitled to. But it's all about, are you prepared do you have the, 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 the strength or the courage rather to step up and say, God, I want double. God, God, I want double. Too many times I meet Christians that are, that are happy to just settle. Maybe because of your past, the enemy has lied to some of you and said, because of the mistakes of your past, you're not, you can't ask for more. When we talk about God saved me, he did, it was enough that He just saved me. Yes, that's true. But you have to understand that He didn't just save you to take you out of where you were. He saved you to take you out of where you were into where He's called you to be. And where you're called to be is you're called to walk in double. You're called to walk in greatness. You're called to walk in blessing. You're called to walk in miracles. Elisha asked Elijah for double and he was known for doing double. If you go and you look through Scripture, Elijah was a powerful prophet, a powerful man of God, but Elisha did more. Elisha did more miracles than Elijah did. And something happens in this story. It's a powerful, powerful story right from the very start. I love what happens at the start. I love this picture of Elisha and Elisha's plough in the field, the Bible says. And it says he's there and it says there's 12, 12 yoke of oxen. That's a lot of oxen. I don't even know what an oxen really is, but some of you didn't either, neither. Don't look at me like you knew. Twelve of them. And there he is, and he's hooked up with the plough. And he's ploughing the field. I love that Elijah is called by God to anoint someone. You have to understand in those days, they had what they call schools of prophets. These were These were... These were men that were in the ministry. But I love that Elisha is told by God 
to go and anoint Elisha. And Elisha is not in a school of prophets. This hit my heart because I believe God's about to do something. And I believe the next thing that God is about to do, in fact, I saw a quote from Billy Graham and he said, the next great revival is not gonna come off the pulpit or in churches. The next great revival is gonna come from the workplace. Because I believe what God wants to do is God wants to anoint people to understand what you're called to carry in your workplace. And if you understand what you're called to carry in your workplace, God will anoint you where you are in your workplace and something will break out in your workplace and God will do a revival in your community, in your workplace. I believe that we're stepping into, I believe we've come to a, to a we've, we've come a long way in understanding that what God wants to do is greater than just it happening through the pastor or through the leader or through the preacher. Understand that it is great and there is an anointing there, but I believe it's a strategy of the enemy to try and stop and limit and bottleneck the power of God from really breaking out. Because the enemy, what the enemy does not want is the enemy does not want you to get it. The enemy's happy if the pastor has it. Because then that means as long as the people can come on a Sunday and fill the room, then you'll get to experience what the pastor has. But something changes, the game changes, the script gets flipped when you realise, you know what, I can have the same thing. So I don't have to just come to church to get it. I come to church and grab a hold of it, get filled with it and then carry it out to where I am. And that's how revival breaks out in a city. I believe God has called us to see Orange County one for Jesus. I believe God has put this church here for a plan and for a purpose. We are not just here to sing Kumbaya and have a few worship songs and just fill a few services and leave it at this. I'm telling you, we've seen great things, but it's just the beginning. God is about to break out in your life. And if you want a double portion, you need to step up and say, God, give me some more. It's understanding. It's understanding. It's my right. It's not arrogance to say it's my right. You understand your position and you understand you magnify God when you step up to your right as a son or daughter. You need to walk like someone that causes you to look and say, I wanna know who her dad is. I wanna know who his dad is. He looks like someone that carries something. He looks like someone that carries authority. We gotta walk in something that makes people wanna know what's going on. I've used this analogy before, but I remember sitting in a restaurant, you know, and I I try and eat good and I try and go to the gym and, you know, I try and, Pastor Javon inspires me and, and, you know, I see his biceps and, you know, I pray, Lord, give me that double portion uh, of my life. And, but I remember going to a restaurant and I remember sitting down at a restaurant and, and, and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to work out what to eat because they say it's all got to do with the diet. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to look fit and, and if you want to be fit and in shape, it's got to do with your diet. And so I'm looking at the restaurant and as I'm sitting there looking at the menu is this, this guy walks in with his girlfriend and this guy was massive. He was, he was huge, big bicep. He was, he had, his biceps had their own biceps, you know, and, and he walks in and he, and he sits down and, and he starts looking at the menu and, and the waitress is waiting for me to order. And I, and I looked at her and I looked at this guy and I looked at myself and I looked at him and I looked back at her and I said, you know what, whatever he orders, give me the same as what he's having. 
And I know it's a silly thing, but that's how we need to be as Christians. When you walk in somewhere, people need to look at you and say, whatever they're having, I want some of that. Whatever's on their life, I need to know where they're going on Sunday. Whatever they're walking in, I want to walk in that. I want that same touch. I want that same anointing. I want that same peace. I want that same freedom. I want that same joy that they carry. One of the problems is, is we have Christians walking around talking about something that they don't carry. And we say, come to my church, it's freedom. Really? Well, if you carry some freedom, then maybe that'll make me want to come and experience what you've got. But you've got to actually walk in what it is you're preaching about. You've got to actually get a dose of it yourself. And you start carrying it and you say, God, I want more. I want a double anointing. Elisha, there he is. Where were we? Back with the oxen. Elisha. He's working. I'm telling you, I believe this. I believe God, you, you, you know, I've been talking about it for months now. And we started that prayer meeting on Thursday mornings for business people. For months now, God's been stirring my heart for business people. Not just business, anyone in the workplace. Stirring my heart. We have people come you know, in the morning. We pray for an hour, 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. in the morning. Every Thursday morning, we pray for an hour. And I want to tell you, we call down heaven over that place. We call down heaven over that business community. We're calling in souls over your, over your community, over your workplace. And God tells Elijah, He says, go and anoint. Don't go to the school of prophets. Don't go to the Bible college. And that's great. I believe, listen, be called into the ministry. But this is a powerful concept if we can catch it. He says, I want you to go to the dude that's out working dirty in the field with the oxen. And I want you to go and I want you to put your mantle on him. And what happens is Elijah walks up to Elisha and throws the mantle on him and then walks off. If I was Elisha, I'm working. Some dude throws his jacket on me. But look at Elisha's response. This hit my heart when I saw this. Look at Elisha's response. He's working away. He's focused on what I'm doing. But when that anointing, when that mantle came on him, the Bible says that he ran. The Bible says he's in the middle of walking, middle of working. And the Bible says that when the anointing came upon him, he ran after Elijah. Now you have to understand he had not, there was no double portion yet. It was just something had come upon him. What it was, was it was the opportunity. It was the opportunity to walk in something greater. It was the opportunity for a greater anointing. It was the opportunity. It was just, what was it? It was a sign of things to come. And I wanna encourage you when you sense the touch of God, when you sense the, the, the call of God, when you sense the Holy Spirit, are you someone that has a spirit that will run down the anointing? Are you someone that has a spirit that will chase down the call of God for your life? Are you someone that when you get in a service and you feel the touch of God, do you have a spirit that will chase down God and say, God, don't leave me there. I don't just wanna keep working with the mantle on me. I wanna chase you down because if there's more available of what I've just got, then I want that more for my life. We need people in church that know what it is to chase after the anointing. Chase after the call of God in your life. We need people that know what it is. And I've had this experience time and time again in my life where you'll, you'll sense the touch of God. You'll sense, and it's just, it's just a taste. 
It's just a taste for a moment. The Bible says, taste, taste and see that God is good. Taste and see that God is good. That's what it was. He gave him, he was on the plough and he's with the oxen and, and Elijah just gave him just a taste. Just a taste and then walked off. As if to say, you want some of this? You want more where this came from? Come with me. And walked off. Almost like when Jesus called the disciples and He said, I'll make you fishers of men, follow me. He's not messing around. He doesn't have time to sit and play and talk to you and say, listen, it's going to be good. Come with me. You know, we'll hang out a little bit. It'll be fun. Your Instagram will grow. You'll get some tweets. That'll be cool. I'm going to say some cool quotes. Write them down. It'll be really nice. We're going to hang out, make some fish. Listen, they're like, well, I'm just not sure. No, no, no. He said, you want more? Come with me. And just walks off. And that's how the call of God will work for your life. God will give you a moment and He'll come upon you for a moment. And you've got to make a decision. You know what? I want more. I want, I'll get a taste. Yeah, yeah but one of the worst things to do when you're fasting is just taste. I'll just have a taste. I won't have a lot. You ever done that? Okay, it's nine o'clock. We're not going to be honest in church? All right. It's just a taste. You ever done it? It's, it's, look, it's just a taste. We're under great. Come on, I don't want to be legal. How many times we use that when we fast? Hey, we don't want to be legalistic. I mean, I just went. And, and, and we're, we're fasting. And you just, you just get, you just take, I'm not going to have the whole donut. I'm not going to have the whole donut. I'm just, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to have a taste. I'm not into legal, it just give me. But how many know it's the worst thing you can do when you fast? Is just have that taste. If you're like me, once you get that taste, I am like an animal. I will use any scripture out of context. I don't care. Quoting stuff, it's all under grace, do whatever. I'm not about legalism. I'm not about the old covenant. I'm about the new covenant. Give me that box of donuts. I'm going to walk in the favour of God right now. And I'm going to, you know, just like pulling stuff out of nowhere. It doesn't even make sense. Who cares? Because I just got a taste and that taste just wasn't enough. And then that just makes you want to go crazy for more. Come on. See, this is what happened with Elisha. Yeah. Dude, got a taste. A taste of what was to come. I want to tell you, church, we're getting a taste right now of what's to come. I want to tell you, church, God's starting to move in, in, in services and, and the power of God more and more is beginning to grow and it's starting to, it's starting to break out and, and there's, there's people that are, that are starting to get it and there's people that are starting to catch it and you're starting to sense it and you're starting to be drawn closer. But I want to tell you, church, it's just a taste. How you respond to the taste will determine what you walk in. Will you be someone that will drop everything after a taste to run after the call of God and run after the the anointing and chase down the anointing in your life and say, God, if that is just a taste, then I don't want to settle for just a taste. I want the whole deal all the way through. Push me all the way through, right through to the end where I can pull down heaven and say, give me a double portion. It's going, it's going beyond. It's going, it's going further. It's, it's, and I know this is a lot for, for nine o'clock in the morning, but thank God you had that quad shot, you know. And, and so, but what I'm saying is I'm, I'm trying to push push you a little bit to say we're in a tasting season now. And if you like what you taste, there's more to come. Because I'm telling you, we're going for it. Taste and see that God's good. This is what happened to him. And, and the call of God and, and, and the anointing came upon him. Now it says he leaves everything and he chases down Elijah. And he says, let me, 
let me say goodbye. Let me get rid of everything. And let me burn everything. And let me say goodbye to my family. And let me let, me, let, me let everything go that's going to hold me back. Let me get to a place. It's a place of no return. How many times as Christians do we try and chase God but drag the plough with us? As Christians, we get a touch of God. We sense the touch of God. But we're, we, 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 we're trying to drag a plough. We're trying to hold on to what we're used to, but step in what we're called to walk in. We're trying to hold on to, I want God, but I, wanna, I, need, I got this old mindset that I just can't shake. It's just what I'm used to. It's the religion of what I grew up in. It's, and we're caught in the middle of, caught with the plough, trying to chase the call. But Elisha understood this. He understood that the call was so much greater than the plough. And Elisha said, in order for me to step into the call, I need to actually, what was it, Pastor Javon's message about don't let the dust settle. I need to actually, I need to actually step, let go, let go of where I've been to step in to where I'm called to go. One of, one of the greatest things that stops people from stepping in where they're called to go is where they've been. And it's the remnants of where they've been that stops them from where they're called to be. And that's what you've got to do when if you want to step into a greater anointing and step into the call of God on your life and receive. Because what this was all about, this was all about a positioning. And remember I talked the other week about the hand of God and how the hand of God will position you. But sometimes there are things in our life where God says, you know what, in order for you to get this, you have to position yourself. This is where I'm going to be because that's what happened with Elijah, the only, with Elijah and Elisha. The reason why Elisha was able to call down the double portion was he positioned himself in the right place at the right time. Because Elijah said to him, I'm going to go. I'm bouncing out of here. You do what you want. And if you're there, if you're in the right place at the right time, then you're in a position to call down double. But if you're not there, you snooze, you lose. You're going to miss the boat. I'm going to go and you will miss out on the double portion. It was all about positioning. Are you willing to position yourself? Position yourself to where He is. Position yourself into that place where God will pour out upon your life. It costs you something to position yourself. They say that the fact that Elisha is there ploughing with 12 yoke of oxen suggests that he was a blessed man from a blessed family. We talk about it. He left his oxen and burnt it all and all sorts of and then walked off. You have to understand that moment, that statement, that sentence meant that was a huge thing for him. That was a huge thing. And I'm not saying that blessing is, is bad and blessing will hold you back. And if you've got a lot of money, that's going to hold you back. The, the Bible says it's the love of money. That He has to be your first and your everything. And we live in Orange County. We live in one of the blessed, most blessed cities in, in the nation. But I'm telling you, it will cause us, if we love the blessing more than we love the call, if we hold on to the blessing 
more than we're hungry for the anointing, we will miss what God has called us to walk in. And you will actually hold back blessing that God wants to pour out in your life that is over and above what you could possibly imagine in your life. And you will miss it if you're busy hanging on to the blessing and then the stuff that you have now. He let go, he let go of it all here and then he made that decision. I'm letting go of all of this. I know it's gonna cost me. It's gonna cost me some money. It's gonna cost you money. It's gonna cost you your reputation. It might cost you some friends. Some friends that might separate yourself and say, well, she's sort of, I mean, she used to be cool, but now she's one of those Christians. I mean, she used to be cool. Like she used to come, like we used to like, she used to come and like hang with us. Like we used to party and she was cool. Like she's always been like into church on Sundays, but it never used to affect her Monday to Saturday. She used to be able to hang with us. We used to be able to kick it. It was cool. It was like, you know what I mean? She, she was like one of the girls we used to party. It was fun. I know she's always been a Christian, but now she's changed. She's become one of those Christians. She's become one of those ones that believe that Christianity is not just a Sunday routine or ritual. She's become one of those people that, that, that believe that Christianity is not something you visit on Sunday. It's something you walk in every single day of the week. It's not something you get into. It's something that gets into you and then you carry it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and a double dose on Sunday. She started to become what's happening. She started to position herself. And God is saying to some of you, it's time for you to position yourself outside of, He positioned Himself outside of what He was used to. Think about this. He, this is what He knows. This is what He's done. This is what He's good at. But He gets a taste and He says, forget this. Where are we going? I'm with you. How hard's it going to get? I'm with you. Even when you tell me to stay, I want it so bad I'm staying with you. It's a double portion. Are you someone that makes a decision to position yourself for more of Him? Positioning, positioning yourself is a, is a daily thing. Bible says, Paul says, I... I take up my cross daily. What is that? Position myself daily. I cannot afford. I don't have the luxury to not position myself every single day. And I want to tell you, sometimes, you know, you, you get, it can get, you know, sometimes, you know, the flesh, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And sometimes you think, man, I just... Some, you know, you just, to be honest, sometimes you think, man, I just want to just be able to chill. You know, just, I mean, I mean, church is good. We live at the beach. Let's go surfing. Let's go surfing and, you know, we can preach. I mean, we'll preach each Sunday. We'll find something. There's going to be a little devotion I could preach. A couple points. Tell you, have a good week. High five you on the way out. But every single time, the enemy tries to cause us, just stay, just, just don't, don't position yourself for more. Don't let it stir in your heart. 
a greater anointing. Don't let a hunger burn in your heart. Don't let a hunger burn in your spirit for breakthrough in your family. Don't let it burn in your heart and in your spirit for revival in your workplace. Don't, don't get up. Don't position yourself outside of what you're used to, outside of what's into a scary place. This is what was so great about Peter getting out of the boat. It's a great story, man. I love it. Peter's so crazy. Dude was always messing up. I love it. He makes you feel better, doesn't he? Sometimes you read about Peter and you're like, you know what, maybe I'm doing okay. As long as Jesus is not saying, get behind me, Satan, I'm feeling good. But it was something, he was crazy, messing up. But he had this crazy faith about him. And they're in the boat and everyone else is in the boat. And we know the story. You've heard a preach a thousand times, you're in the boat and Jesus calls him. What was Jesus saying? Position yourself. If you want a breakthrough, position yourself. And some of us, we miss what God wants to do because we're too busy standing behind the ox and saying, well, come back, come back to me. God has moved on. He gave you a moment and He said, chase me and draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Position yourself. You get up in the morning and you get with the Lord. It's not about ticking a box. It's not about just reading a verse. I'm not talking about spending five hours necessarily before God. I understand we're all busy and you've got things to do. It takes but a moment to just position yourself. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And in a moment, you can get in the Word. And you can just say, Lord, we're going through this book as a staff at the moment, just a devotion. It's just two pages a day. And I'll read a line in that. And it'll be a line. The presence of God upon us positions us for miracles. I read that this week. And I prayed it and I said, Lord, I pray that You would position me. Position me for miracles. Position me in that place where I'm between, where Your presence can pour out and it can go through me. I watched footage of this little blind boy, a guy by the name of Todd White. I don't know if you've seen this, Jabin. A guy by the name of Todd White, a, 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 a guy that Jabin knows. And I saw him praying for this boy, little boy, must have been 10, nine years old. And someone's there videoing it. And the little boy's there with his mother and she said he's legally blind. Kid can't see, you can see his eyes, the whole deal. And he starts to pray for this kid. Can't see a thing. But this man, this, this guy had, Todd White had this faith. He takes this little boy and takes him back from this wall and they put these, this stuff on this wall. And they stand in there and they say, tell me what you see, nothing. He prays for him. He says, tell me what you see, nothing. Prays for him. And then the kid starts saying, I can see this and I can 
see that and he starts describing. You can see little bits and pieces and then he keeps praying. Keeps praying. I'm watching this video. You watch it the whole way through. You can watch it on YouTube as this little boy, nine or 10, legally blind from birth, receives his sight. And I'm watching it. And what sucks, what sucks is there's a part of me and we all, I think we all get it sometimes. And as the enemy comes in and the enemy says, oh, well, I bet you it wasn't really blind. You ever get those thoughts? That's the enemy. That's it's called cynicism. It'll rob you of miracles. And we've got to get rid of that. Because I'm telling you, we're stepping into a season as a church. And it's going to take for us to do a little bit of a repositioning and say, you know what? It feels a bit scary. I'm used to the oxen and I'm used to the ploughing. But I'm telling you, church, if you will break out of what you're used to and break out of what you know, and break out of what's always been there for you and step into the unknown and position yourself and reach up and grab a hold of heaven. I'm telling you, church, God will pour out. He will pour out an anointing upon you and He will position you at the right place at the right time and the touch of God will come upon you and the touch of God will come upon your family and you will step into a miracle season like you have never known before. And I'm telling you, church, something is about to break out. And if you do not make a decision that you're gonna position yourself, you will miss the call of God. Every person in this room and you say, I wanna position myself. I want you to get on your feet right across this room. I want you to raise your hands. People are at different journeys in their walk with God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.